Well, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you all being here on this, this wonderful winter day. And it's, it's almost warm here, right? If, if you need to get warm at some point, I think there's some coffee in the back. You can stand by one of these heating units here if that's what you need to do. That's all right. We won't mind. Um, but I am glad that you're all here and made it out in this weather. Uh, thank you for being here. As Kelby mentioned, we are starting a new uh, message series, sermon series, whatever you want to call it today. And we are calling this, what are we calling this again? Rise, Healing a Divided Nation. And so before the, um, the most recent presidential election, we did a two-part series called God and Country. And we talked about, you know, you know, what we should do, how we should vote, what we should think about when we go to the polls and all that kind of stuff. So that was like the pre, you know, before the election happened. And so this series is basically dealing with the aftermath of the election. Um, I was one of these people, maybe you were like me, I had this, this, this hope, this desire, this, maybe it was kind of naive in me, I just believed that after the election was over, everybody would calm down, and there would be peace, and it would be, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> How silly was I? I was really hoping that would happen, but it seems like, you know, the election happened, and then everybody's fighting still, and everybody's still going on Facebook and social media and the news, and you watch what's going on, it's still, it's still an ugly situation in our nation, so what do we do now? And that's the question that this series is attempting to answer is, what do we do now? The election's over, now what? And so that's what we'll be getting into over the course of this series. And you can take a look at some of the details in your bulletin, what we're, we're going to be talking about in weeks to come. Um, so we do encourage you to, to continue on and be a part of this whole series. Um, let's talk about something else for a moment here. January 24th of 2016. That was a big day. You guys remember January 24th of last year? No? Uh, it was a big day. We, uh, we actually didn't have worship. It was a Sunday, but we didn't have worship because we were snowbound. Do you remember that? Uh, it was Lily's fifth birthday, so that was important. I remember that. Um, but it was also the day that the X-Files came back on TV, right? Wasn't that exciting? Yes? All right. Thank you. We're talking about the X-Files today, so I'm, you know, this is just the illustration I'm going with, so if you didn't watch that show, that's on you. Um, but yeah, the X-Files came back. It was the X-Files revival. I was so excited about that. Um, when that show first came out, it was the 90s, and I was a teenager. I think it was 13 or so, and it was a show about UFOs and aliens and hunting down you know, Loch Ness monster-type creatures and Bigfoot-type creatures, and I was all about that. I know we have so many shows like that nowadays, but back then, I was like, wow, it was the first of its kind. It was all about that show. And those of you who are fans of the show, you know the two main characters, Agent Fox Mulder. His name was Fox, and the show was on Fox. I mean, come on. Fox Mulder. Uh, he was the believer, right? He wanted to believe in all these fantastic things and all these conspiracy theories and UFOs and aliens. And then you had the grounded skeptic, Dana Scully, Agent Dana Scully. And what a fantastic pair. I mean, they've never been able to replicate the kind of chemistry these two had. They're just a classic pair. And they, they would go on these fantastic adventures together. And um, I'm, well, I'm going to show you a few episodes now, if you don't mind. Just catch you up. <laughs> it's 10 seasons. Let's run through that real quick. Now, um, I'll try to recap here for, for, for those of you who weren't familiar with this series. But uh, Agent Mulder, he was on this quest. You see, he'd had this experience as a child when he was a kid. His younger sister was abducted, and he thought he was, she was abducted by aliens, and he was trying to get to the truth behind it all. Was the government covering up some kind of alien conspiracy? Could his sister be saved? And he was questing after this truth. And for those of you who know the show, Agent Mulder, he was uh, down here at a, a basement office in the FBI. And behind his desk, he had that poster, I Want to Believe. You can see there's a UFO flying over some trees there. And he had that poster behind his desk, I Want to Believe. And that summed up something about this character. He wanted to believe in these things. He wanted to believe in the supernatural. He wanted to believe in aliens. He wanted to believe that, that he could expose the truth. He wanted to believe, most importantly, that he could somehow find and save 
his sister. He wanted to believe these things. But there's a thing that can happen to those of us when we want to believe, when we have that desire, when we want to believe in something. That desire, that want can be manipulated, can be taken advantage of. We can be led astray because we have this, we want to believe in something. And Agent Mulder and his adventures, every once in a while, somebody would come into his life to try to offer him some help in his quest. Oh, you're trying to expose the truth? Let me, let me give you a little bit of inside information. Let me show you something. And there'd be all these meetings, you know, in, in empty, you know, abandoned parking lots where someone would meet with the collar up. I'm risking a great deal to meet with you at this time. Let me give you some secret information. And so this would happen to Agent, it was one of those shows. It happened to Agent Mulder from time to time. People came into his life attempting to help him on his quest. But were they really trying to help him? Were they really trying to expose the truth or were they taking advantage of him? Were they manipulating? Were they using him? And so we have these different quotes, these different taglines that were kind of taken by the show and, and represented something. So the first one you have is, I want to believe. But then you also had this phrase, trust no one. And early on in Agent Mulder's journey, he and, and, and Agent Scully, you know, as a duo, as a pair, they decided that they really couldn't trust anyone else. When someone came to them with information about, oh, here's what you need to do. Here are the leads you need to follow. Trust. Trust no one. And that's a very kind of, you know, it seems like a cynical approach to things, but it's kind of like self-preservation. They were being lied to. They were being manipulated. So they arrived at this conclusion that they needed to trust no one but each other. It was kind of adorable the way they trusted each other. Though. They were very cute together. <clears throat> but ultimately, the thing that sums up this character of Agent Mulder the best is this statement. The truth is out there. That was probably the most famous tagline for this show, The X-Files. The truth is out there. And even people who don't like supernatural alien shows or things like that, here is this character who just was pursuing, he's on this quest, pursuing the truth. He needed to know the truth. What happened to his sister? Are there aliens? Is there a government cover-up? Pursuing the truth on this quest and just confident that that truth was out there. It could be discovered. It could be found. The truth is out there. Does this count as a sermon yet? We just talked about, can we close in prayer? We talked about the X-Files today. Isn't that nice? <clears throat> We're going somewhere with all this. Um, so I want to tell you um, near those three statements up there, I want to believe, trust, know, and the truth is out there. I want to tell you something that I kind of witnessed, experienced, learned about um, during this, this past presidential election. It was a, a learning experience for me. <laughs> I learned a lot about people. I learned some more about how our government works. Um, there are things that I really hadn't thought about since, since high school and how our, how our brand of democracy functions and all this. And um, one of the things that I experienced, and maybe you saw this too, is we had a lot of people, or, or I should say a, a percentage of people, who wanted to believe in something. People who were excited about one of the candidates and wanted to believe, ah, candidate X, this is the person who's going to fix our nation. This is the person who's going to solve our problems. I want to believe that this person is the answer to the problem. And other people say, no, 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 it's, it's candidate Y. Candidate Y, I want to believe in that candidate because this is the person who's going to continue the progress that we've made as a nation. I want to believe in this candidate. No, I want to believe in that candidate. And as I said, it's just like what happened with Agent Mulder, is that when you, have that one, when you have that desire, that can be twisted, that can be manipulated. One of my friends on Facebook, he posted this meme, this little, I don't have the quote exactly right, but he said, you know, it's a real problem if you believe all the negative stuff said, said about the other candidate, but none of the negative stuff that's said about your candidate. 
It's a real problem if you're willing to believe all the wonderful, positive things about your candidate, but none of the good things that are said about the other candidate. Are you really believing the truth? And so this is some, maybe, listen, I know like, you know, these two, the two main candidates that we had were, were like, and this is not new information, they were very, very unpopular. I mean, we had about 50% of people who were eligible to vote chose not to. That tells us something. That's crazy, right? But there were some people who really wanted to believe in this candidate, or they really wanted to believe in that candidate. And like I said, I had this hope that after the election was over, everybody was going, all right, well, one person has won, the other person has lost, and that's just all there is to it, so let's all make peace. But it's still going on. You know, Donald Trump, if you're not aware, he won. Did you guys know that already? You guys know? Yeah. He won the presidential election. And there are still people campaigning for him. I'm like, why? He's won. There are still articles being posted. There are still news reports about, oh, he's the greatest man ever, and he's going to be our hero. He's going to be the savior of this nation. He's going to be fantastic. It's going to be great. And there are still articles and news stories talking about, oh, this guy is going to be, you know, he's the worst thing since Hitler. He's a terrible guy. He's a terrible. Well, which one is it? <laughs> And so we still have people who want to believe, want to believe, I want to believe. I want to believe that the candidate, you know, I voted for Hillary and I wanted her to win, or I voted for Trump and I'm so glad that he won, I want to believe it was the right choice. You want to believe. Well, that can compromise. It can compromise your ability to find the truth. It can. And so there's so many people in this world who, who, who just because of our human nature, we don't seek after truth, we seek after validation. We don't seek after truth, we seek after validation. You know, there are people, let's just clear this up right now. In this room right now, there are people who voted for Hillary Clinton. There are people who voted for Donald Trump. There are people who chose not to vote. And and, you know, I get that. I'm not going to shame you for that. I respect that. There are people who voted for a third party candidate. Yeah, we're all here together, right? So no vote shaming allowed in this space. But we voted for these people. I had some friends who chose to vote for Hillary Clinton. They said, because, well, she's a Christian. She's a Christian and I'm a Christian. So that's why I'm going to vote for this person. Really? She's She's a Christian? I didn't know that. But some people said that about her, and some people believe that about her. Some of my Christian friends voted for Donald Trump and said, well, he's, he's one of us. We're Christians, and so is he. Is he? I didn't realize that. That was new information to me. <laughs> and so I don't, know, I don't know about either of those people. I don't know what they really believe. I don't know what their positions are on anything, really. I don't, I don't know because I'm a little bit skeptical. In fact, I'm a little bit more than just a little bit <laughs> skeptical, you know? And so I feel like there is some value to this, this ideology of Agent Fox Mulder of, of trust no one. This is something else I learned in this most recent election, is that we had all these media outlets, all these news organizations reporting all these things. And I want to tell you, you might, this might make me seem crazy, but I don't believe any of them. There is not one news channel that I implicitly trust. There's not. There's not one media outlet that I trust. There really isn't. I mean, every time, and you might, again, this kind of makes me sound like I'm some kind of conspiracy theorist or whatever. No, it's not like that. When I hear a story reported, when I hear something about whether it's as a result of the presidential election or anything, when I hear a story, what I think to myself is, well, this could be true. This could be true, but I don't take it as a given that what's being reported to me is fact. Certainly not what you see on social media. You can't believe that. Oh, well, someone posted a picture of an important-looking person, and it has a quote by it, so it must be true. No, 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 no. You can't trust that as a reliable source of information. And so this is something that I've, I, I just, I don't, I don't trust the media. I don't. I don't. You know, it's not, it's not the media's job to tell us the truth. We want it to be. 
We want the media, we want the, you know, people who report the news, we want them to have some integrity, and, and we want them to, like, have taken some kind of oath where they're like, you know what, it's my job to tell people the facts. But that's not, that's not the business. That's not their agenda. The job of the media is not to report truth. The job of the media is to make money. Make that sweet green. <laughs> that's what they're about. It's not their job to tell you the truth. It's their job to get those clicks, to get those ratings, to sell money, you know, get advertisers, to buy up their space. That's what their job is. And so I just don't trust. I trust no one. I trust, I don't trust the media. I just don't. And I certainly don't trust politicians. Now, listen, I'm not saying they're all bad. I'm not saying, you know, there are reporters out there and people who are writing who are, they don't have any integrity. No, there's people with integrity. I'm sure of that. I just, I just don't take it as a fact when this information is being reported to me. And what a politician says, again, I'm not anti-government. I'm not anti-politicians. I just take it all with a grain of salt, I guess you could say. What this candidate telling me, what this news reporter is telling me, it might be true or it might not be true. So I'm very suspicious because I've learned to be. I've learned to trust no one. Let me just give you a simple example. I mean, almost every major media outlet was saying there is no way Donald Trump could ever become president. And then all the polls are in, all, we've done all the surveys, this, there's no way this is going to happen. Well, it did. Well, we misinterpreted the data and it was in a flow. Well, or, or were you just lying to us? I, I don't know which. I, just, I don't trust. I just don't trust. I don't put my trust there. You know, of all the places where I could put my trust, I don't put my trust in the media, but I do believe, I do believe that the truth, the truth is out there. You know, like I mentioned earlier, some of the people, you know, some of my Christian friends, they were kind of swayed by that, that, you know, the Christian argument, well, this candidate's a Christian, no, this candidate's a Christian, well, this candidate's a better Christian than that one, oh, okay, okay, okay. I don't know if we'll ever get to the truth behind, you know, the heart of Donald Trump, the heart of Hillary Clinton, or the heart of any of these candidates, I, I don't know that. But I know that there are some much bigger, much more important truths out there that we can discover, that we can find out if we seek after them. You know, that's the, the passage of Scripture that Bob read for us today. It's something that Jesus said, and it's there in your bulletin. These are the words of Jesus, and he says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. And this is, you know, this probably ranks up there as one of the more popular ideas that Jesus put out there, this idea of seek, and you will find. You've heard that before. Seek and you will find. And I believe that you will find what you're seeking after. And as I mentioned earlier, so many of us, we're not necessarily seeking after truth as much as we're seeking after validation. And so if you're seeking after validation, you'll probably find that. You'll probably find that. If you want to believe in your candidate, if you want to believe in this politician, if you want to believe in that, you can turn on the news and you can see somebody who's well-dressed and someone who looks educated, someone who probably is well-educated, make a statement and that agrees with, oh, I already thought that. You must be telling the truth. I already thought that. You're telling it to me. You look smart. It must be true. Okay. Well, is it? Are you seeking after the truth or are you seeking after validation? Now, this whole issue goes way beyond just one presidential election. This impacts how we live our lives and how we, how we view our role in life, how we view the meaning of life, how we view God and all these things. I mean, right now, this morning, there are so many people gathering in churches hearing different messages about different things. And when it comes to our faith, what we believe about the Bible, what we believe about God, what we believe about Jesus, there's so much misinformation out there. 
You know, there are so many pastors, so many preachers, so many teachers, so many priests who right now this morning are teaching a message saying, hey, whoever you are, whatever you do, however you live your life, we're all going to heaven when we die anyway. And why do people believe that? Because we want to believe it. We want to believe it. Once upon a time, I had the opportunity to talk to, uh, to listen to somebody who was like an expert in sales, and she was basically saying that it doesn't matter what you're selling. It doesn't matter if you're selling an experience. It doesn't matter if you're selling a product. It doesn't matter what you're selling. Bottom line, what you're selling to people, their dreams. You're selling people their dreams. You come into somebody's life, and you tell them that whatever your thing is, whatever your product is, is going to do for them exactly what they want it to do. Why do so many people spend so much money on weight loss pills? Here's a pill. You don't have to exercise. You don't have to change your, your, your diet. Just take this pill. Why would anyone believe it? Because we want to believe it. And when we want to believe something, that can be manipulated. That can be taken advantage of. And that's what we see happening. So you seek that validation instead of seeking truth, and that becomes a real, a real problem. And it's difficult to sort through all these different elements of your life. Am I, am I just believing the thing that I want to believe? Am I just seeking validation? Am I just seeking other people to kind of affirm you know, my own opinions? Or am I willing to admit that maybe what I want to believe isn't true after all? That's difficult. I believe you can go to this book, the Bible, and you can prove just about any point you want to prove. If you look hard enough, <laughs> you really can. If that's all you're seeking for is validation... But I also believe that if you go to this book seeking after truth, you're going to find it. Now, that can be difficult. To actually pursue, to actually seek after truth requires a couple things. First off, it requires the ability to first off admit that you have a desire to believe something, okay? So you kind of have to know your own human weakness. Maybe I'm not articulating that in the best way, but you have to know that you're a human being. We're all human beings, and we're flawed. We have to know that, okay? But the other thing that's required, if you really want to find the truth, you need humility and you need courage. You need humility and you need courage. You know, um, Tim Keller, he's a, he's a pastor and a writer, and, and in my opinion, one of the great thinkers of our time. Oh, there we go. So I've got a shout out for Tim Keller. Fantastic. Um, well, when he talks about sin, the condition of sin, he often parallels it with, with addiction and what addiction is like. Um, so many of us in this room have had to deal with addiction. We've had friends, we've had loved ones, or you know, we've got people in recovery, and, and that can be such a tough thing to deal with. And if you have a friend, if you've gone through this experience where you have a friend, you've got a family member, you've got a loved one, and you know, they've got that addiction, and when they say they're all better, don't you want to believe it? When they say the problem's behind them, don't you want to believe it, whether or not it's true? I mean, think about this. Maybe you've been in a relationship like this when you were younger. Maybe you know a couple now, and you, you see this couple, and they're, they just mistreat one another, but they want to believe the best. Oh, no, no, he's a good guy if you get to know him. She's great if you really get to know her. Oh, yeah, yeah, she cheated and all this stuff. But no, 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 she's, that's all finished because you want to believe. You know, those of us who are parents, we have a little bit of a blind spot when it comes to our kids and what we want to believe about them. Don't you say anything negative about my little Johnny or my little Susie, right? No, they're a little cherub, they're a little angel. I want to believe the best about my kids. I want to believe the best about my parents. And it can be very, very difficult to arrive at the truth. 
When somebody's telling us the thing that we want to believe, when somebody's telling us the thing that we want to hear, we want to latch on to that and say, yes, that's it. But that's validation. And it's not necessarily truth. Now, to find the truth, you need that humility. The humility to say that, wow, whatever my opinion was before going into this may have been wrong. That's so difficult. You know, I read this other quote online, something about how, you know, nowadays when we talk, we're not really listening. We're just waiting to reply. We're not really thinking about, okay, the other person has this argument and they're making this case. No, no, no. We're not open to having our minds change. Well, we won't grow if we're not open to having our minds change. And so if I could just give you the whole point, <laughs> you know, we talked about the X-Files and all this stuff. What is the point of all this? What I'm asking, what I'm, you know, pleading with, with you to do, what we all should be about is we need to seek truth, not validation. We need to seek truth, not validation. This comes to all things. What we believe about God, those of us who are Christians, what we believe about Christianity, what we believe about parenting, what we believe about what it means to be a spouse, we need to seek truth, not validation. Jesus has a few things to say about, about truth that are rather interesting here. One thing, and this is, again, this is a more popular statement, something that Jesus says, um, he talks about the truth being able to set people free. You familiar with this at all? I'm reading from John chapter 8, and um, beginning in, in verse, um, let me see here. With, um, I've got the wrong thing marked down. Sorry, guys. But, um, but Jesus talks about how, you know, when we become his followers, when we become his disciples, when you become his disciple, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You familiar with that at all? The truth will set you free. And there's a big idea that Jesus unfolds about how, you know, there's this, this some kind of element of sin. It, it, it's, it enslaves us, and it keeps us held down, and it's a big old concept, and it's tough to get into the whole thing. But somehow, knowing the truth, even if the truth is difficult to bear, it will set you free. Um, we also read this in, in the book of John. Jesus says in John 14, 6, this is actually a very popular thing Jesus said. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He was gathered there with his disciples. They were there sharing this meal together, and he identifies himself as the way, the truth, and the life, that he is, he is truth. And you look at the ministry of Jesus, and you read, if you were to read the Gospels, if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and see how this whole thing unfolds, you know, John talks about it as um, the writer John, the Gospel writer John, as Jesus coming into the world as light. He says Jesus comes into the world, he is light, and yet men prefer darkness because their deeds were evil. And so another way to put that is Jesus came into this world and he told us the truth, but we preferred the lie, so we rejected him. That's so, I mean, that's the story of Jesus. He came into this world, he told us the truth, we collectively preferred the lie, and so we rejected him. But not everyone rejected him. At the end of the Sermon on the Mountain in Matthew, um, Matthew chapter 7, as, as Jesus just finished teaching people all these things about, about how they relate to one another and about how they relate to God and, and their circumstances, it says that, um, verse, uh, Matthew 7, verses 28 and 29, it says that when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd were amazed at his teachings. They were amazed by him because he had taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. So this is, that's a, that's a very important couple of verses there because that tells us something that made Jesus unique, that separated him from everybody else. 
Jesus came into this world, and he wasn't teaching people his opinions about things. He wasn't telling people what they wanted to hear about anything. He wasn't going to validate validate one side or the other side. He wasn't about that. That wasn't his agenda. His only agenda was to tell people the truth. He spoke with authority. You want to know how things really are? Here. Here's how things really are. You want to know about who God and how He really is? We might, you, God might be different than you previously thought. Are you ready for the truth? He delivered the truth. He delivered the truth. And some people, some people were inspired by that. Some people gravitated towards that. What is it you're saying about God? I've never heard this before, but, but is this true? They were pulled in by that. What we need to do, those of you who are in this room, if you, if you, you, know, you think of yourself as a follower of Jesus, you think of yourself as a Christian, we have a responsibility to be truth seekers. We really do. Not just truth seekers, but to find that truth, to hold on to it, and then be truth bearers. Bring that truth into the world. I mean, that's what this world needs. That's what this nation needs. That's what our community needs. It's less opinion and more truth. Less fighting about this, that, and the other. Less people trying to manipulate. Less people with an agenda come over to our side. It just needs what we need right here and what we need right now. So we need some Jesus. We need his authority. We need his one and only truth. I believe that if we can, again, this requires humility and it requires courage, but if we can seek after that truth, I believe that we will find it. And once we find it, we can share it with other people. And in some small way, we'll be able to speak with with some kind of level of authority, just as Jesus spoke to the people. But we have to be willing to let go of our own personal agendas. (laughs) We have to be willing to be humble and be courageous enough to seek the truth. And so as we go on for the next few weeks in this series, it all starts with this, questing after, not validation, but the truth. Let's close in prayer. Lord Jesus, you know that in this world there are so many voices, so many people saying so many different things, so many ideas out there, so many different agendas, and it can be very difficult for us to know who to listen to. We live in a world that's filled with lies, and yet we do believe that your truth is out there. Lord Jesus, give us the humility required and the courage required to seek your truth and to find it. Father God, we want to have that truth, we want to know that truth, we want to take that truth, and we want to share it with other people. So Father God, I ask that your will would be done in this, that you would cause us, your church, to be truth bearers in this community, in this nation, and in this world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.